Welcome to Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Allie with you as we discuss this 10-6 Jays loss to the Rays. A series clincher, actually, for the season series for the Rays. 10-7 the season series in favor of Tampa after tonight. So the best the Jays can do is 10-9 if they win the final two games tomorrow and Sunday, which, of course, could, in theory, have wild card home field advantage implications. I have to say, if the difference, this is something we've been talking about the last couple of games, if the difference between playing the Rays at Rogers Center or the Trop is indeed using Alec Manoa in game 162, like John Schneider had said, Shai Davidi tweeting that out yesterday, I believe. If that's the difference, if tonight is any indication, then I think honestly, I think you do whatever it takes. If it's Manoa in game 162, you do whatever it takes to make sure you don't have to play at the Trop in the playoffs because good God, I, I think I've seen, I think I speak for everyone me, Ben, probably Tom, everyone, all the fans that we don't don't want to see any more of the of the trop. Yeah, it's not not good stuff. Good stuff does not happen to the trop very often. Uh, give me a call. 416-870-0591-888-666-0590. Star 590 on your cell. 590-590 is the text line. Leave your name and location if you do send a text. Get it all out. Vent to the text line. Call in to me, right? Whatever you want. Call or text. Uh, I just ask that you keep it. PG, if possible. Um, I know the tenor of these things aren't always super positive after losses, especially the way this one went, but I'll say this. I'm not really sure any super broad conclusions can be taken from a game with, with the amount of like wild and wacky stuff that happened tonight, like just wacky stuff at the trop. Generally speaking, it's like Murphy's law, right? Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I just, uh, the games of the trop are never easy, right? Low percentage home runs, Fielding errors on routine plays, reliable relievers being shaky. I don't know what it is, but the whole, you know, little trop of horrors type of stuff continues. And it was an ugly ending, no doubt, especially in the eighth inning. The, uh, we'll have to monitor for this. The absolute icing on top of this god awful outing would be Bo Bichette getting injured. So we'll keep an eye out for that from any updates on Twitter or from Schneider himself. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see on that. Bo Bichette, of course, reaching for his side. Uh, after a pitch near the dome in uh, the ninth in the ninth inning, top of the ninth inning, he struck out. He did stay in the the trainer and Schneider and Vladdy all approached him. He seemed to be okay, but you know these these kind of innocent looking plays are where you can kind of get bitten a little bit. So we'll monitor for that. And look, I won't spend a lot of time on this this evening because generally speaking, I I think we all feel the same way. But man, doesn't it feel as though every single night? And I, I don't even think this is limited to the Blue Jays, but doesn't it feel every night in almost every baseball game you could possibly watch, AL or NL, there's a good argument for robo-umps, honestly. Like, Mesa got squeezed on a 2 nothing pitch that should have been 2-1, and one, ends up 3-0, and oh, the next pitch he buries ends up as a walk. Jimmy Garcia, this was, I dare say this could have been a turning point in this ballgame. G-Man Choi, very first batter of the eighth inning, lasers a throw at 3-2, and two, clearly a strike. Clearly, um, calls it a ball. Choi walks. Taylor Walls comes in to pinch run. Next batter, he gets all the way to third base. Like I'm not laying the loss solely at bad umps. Like the Jays could have done more in other spots. Like they didn't have a hit after they tied the game in the sixth inning. Just a pair of walks the entire rest of the game. But again, we live in a world where the technology exists. Where like tennis balls. Tennis was a big thing today, right? Roger Federer retiring. Where tennis balls can be shown to me within fractions of an inch, whether they're in or out, 
And you're telling me we have to live, we just have to live with strike zones being as inconsistent as they are. Like that just seems in 2022, it just seems unacceptable to me. But look, I'm not, I'm not laying it at the feet of the umpires by any means. It's just, I, I, you just hate to see those kinds of things be, be crucial, pivotal moments in ball games. That's just where I fall on that. Uh, let's start though with a couple of texts. Let's get to the text line. I see here a one from Chris in Ottawa. No complete games this season plus rare inning starts, eight inning starts equals an overworked bullpen and blow blown saves. Uh, I see here, let's see, Mike and Canmore, uh, Canmore BC, I believe, right, Mike? They're trying to go a third of the season with four starters has now caught up with the Jays. Too many bullpen, bullpen games and short starts. The pen is worn out. Uh, there's no name on this one, although it is like a GTA area code. Uh, hey, show with the pitching cha- staff in shambles. It is not out of the realm of possibility that we could choke this thing away. Still go back to the trade deadline when we needed to do more than the Band-Aid fixes from Atkins. So, okay, so let's get to that, right? Mitch White thoughts and certainly thoughts on Zach Pop and Anthony Bass, who uh, give up the home run to Rosarena today. Mitch White, though, 10 pitches in immediately. Guys on second and third with one out. Ray's cash in the few runs, essentially right away. A double from Franco. A pretty soft double, too, all things considered. A bunt single from Marco. Mitch White did settle down after that to a degree, but in the fourth inning, Isak Paredes and Christian Bethencourt absolutely lasered balls that were maybe inches from being home runs both times, both going just off the top of the wall. I think they cashes in. They cash in the third Tampa Bay run at that point. It was a dangerous tightrope walk for White, but as soon as the Jays took the lead in the fifth inning, they got right. He got him got right out of there. No issues with that from me. You get four innings of work from Mitch White, especially after two innings from Barrios last night. Given how hard White was getting hit at the end there, you take that and you you get him out of there. We can't be picky about games of the trop, given the like the sheer sorcery that seems to go on there on a regular basis. But they took White out of that game at precisely the right time. The final line on him tonight: four innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs one walk and two strikeouts like the, there was a time where we were discussing the acquisition of white bass and pop as being not so bad. And I think maybe it was in the aftermath of Frankie Montes not looking so great for the Yankees. And people were kind of saying, okay, well, if that's the big trade, then you know, in, in a, in a comparison sake, how does it look for the Jays? Maybe like, I think there was some validity to that. Uh, how the Jays deadline moves weren't so bad. I, I generally think Zach Pop, at the very least, I think this, the jury is still out on Pop. I have a feeling he's going to be much more heavily used in 2023. The underlying metrics for Pop, I think, are look pretty good. So I'm interested to see what uh, what Zach Pop what, what Zach Pop looks like when when we get him down in that that the need in pitcher development complex. But Anthony Bass, I mean, he's looked more vulnerable as of late. Of course, he gives up a home run to Rosa Reina. Again, a, a dinger that with a first dinger given up by Bass to a right-handed batter all season long. He walked a guy immediately after that. Like, again, Murphy's Law, right? It just seems that whenever the Jays head down to Florida, it it's just not great. It was a home run in just forty of th- four of 30 ballparks. It was probably extra bases anyways based on where it would have hit on the wall. But, man, that is just silly. Meza and Bass looking more... Yeah, mortal tonight, and then you add to them, you add that to what we got from Garcia, certainly tonight as well, but Garcia a couple nights ago, Simber and Romano just a few days ago, Simber looking better tonight, we'll get to Simber in a little bit, but admittedly, it is not what you want from the bullpen at any time, uh, but specifically at this time of year against this specific opponent in this specific venue, venue, 
Uh, the bullpen, generally speaking, hasn't had the best stretch recently, right? Like, I don't think it's necessarily time to smash the panic button. Guys have down stretches. It's going to happen, and it's not going to happen at convenient times. They have been largely reliable over a pretty long sample size this season. And, and on Simber, too, he pitched very, very well today. As much as the bullpen has been a little shaky as of late, he has been a stabilizing presence tonight, specifically over two innings of, of pretty efficient work. He's going to see a lot of lefties most of the time. They like they seem to like using him in that situation. But uh, clean innings is where you want Simber, right? That's what we talked a lot about in that extra innings loss to Philly. I said this before. Simber is just not a guy you want coming into this game to put out a fire. Right. He's not the guy you want to put out a fire with a runner on second or third with less than two outs. Like generally speaking, he's I think he's been pretty effective, but that's not the kind of pitcher he is with guys on base. He puts the ball in play a lot. So if that's the case, you don't want guys in scoring position and then bringing in Simber. And we saw that not be the case tonight and he looked pretty good. So that is nice to see that he can be effective with no traffic on the mound. Of course, that the the flip side of that is how how can you can't control when the usage of other pitches as much as you'd like to, which means that sometimes you might have to bring in Simber with guys on, on base and traffic around him. And if that's the case, then I think there, there is a bit of a problem. Again, we talk a lot about the whole is a lot of, is there swing and miss stuff for the blue Jays bullpen a lot? Probably not. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give Mesa and Bass a mulligan tonight based on their body of work this season. But, but still, I think we gotta, you gotta kind of, Keep a wary eye on someone like Anthony Bass. Um, okay, let's get to the phone lines. Uh, again, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. Connor calling in from North York. Connor, welcome to Jay's Talk. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, I'm going to say, okay, well, I kind of disagree right there. I think right now we got to start uh, batting down the hatches. Like, this is where we need the bullpen to really sort of step up. But I have a question, sure. I guess, for you is, like, when you see uh, Bass out there, and we haven't seen him very much, so I'm going to drive on the bullpen. Well, we haven't seen him too much recently. Like, I think it's been like a week. we barely seen him, and who knows why or whatever it was. But he comes in, and it's a pretty critical uh, moment, especially like the lead had been going back and forth. And I can't remember specifically what the score was at the time, but I know uh, when Rosarino was up, it was like he had thrown two nasty sliders, and and he, I think on the second one, it was almost like he embarrassed the guy. And the point with the Rosarina is don't throw him a fastball. Even you've seen him smash out those 100-mile-an-hour from other guys. The point is fastball, like he can get his bat around on it. Does the call come from, like, the up above, like the, like the guy in the front office radios down to the bullpen, who radios down to Schneider, who gets to the signal to the catcher? Like, or is that Bass making the decision to throw that ball and he just, missed it or like because why is he throwing a fastball in that situation at all yeah to, to of all people to randy rosarena right yeah I, I i do agree with you connor thanks for the call man um and have a have a good weekend certainly i i i do i do think when it comes to who's making those decisions i do think to a degree it is the pitcher and catcher themselves but i think more than we realize it is it is the it is the preparation and looking at the ipads and the the pitching coach and the high performance department in in part making those decisions that's kind of where that's kind of what i've i've been told and kind of where we get that and certainly i think a lot of it goes into who is catching on any given night because certainly and, and danny jansen was catching today and generally speaking danny jansen has been pretty good i i will say i think like that home run from a rosarena was not a super high percentage home run right again like that ball just like 
just got out of the ballpark, just just off the top of the like yellow protective top of the fence. If that was if that ball was an inch lower, it still would have been extra bases. Probably would have been uh, some runs would have scored. The game probably would have been tied at the very least. I, I believe uh, I believe the Connor the the game was I think it was four three Blue Jays when Rosarena hit the home run. Then it was six four. After that, I believe without looking at the box score. So if that's the case, then you probably are at the very least looking at a four-four ball game, generally speaking. But boy, yeah, that the the pitch the pitch decision from Bass. I I still generally speaking think Bass has been pretty reliable. I know he's given up, I believe, now four home runs as a Blue Jay specifically. But still, I mean, look at that. The first right-handed batter to hit a home run off of Bass since August of 2021. That's just. That's just silly. That's that's just absolutely silly. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0591, triple eight, triple six zero five ninety, star five ninety on your cell. Joe calling in from the eastern coast. Joe calling in from Halifax. Welcome to Jay's Talk. Hi, Joe. Um I just want to say I I, I think the time of the uh, traveling strike zone is is uh, the best before data is up. Uh the umpires you know, the umpiring has way, way too much sway over the game. I've thought that for a long time. Uh, you know, one one bad call. You know, a guy uh, uh, calls a, a strike, a ball. The next the next pitch, a guy hits a home run. Two guys are on base. And, and, and it happens more than just once or twice a game. So we have the technology. It's come to the point where pitching is so – it's become so elite. Um, and, and baseball is a game of, of inches, maybe even millimeters. It's time to uh, bring the technology in when we have it, and at least, you know, we can point to all the other things that might be wrong, but let's start fixing the things that we know are wrong. And the time of the human eye to capture whether a, a ball being thrown at 100-plus miles an hour, it, it's just, it, it's gone. And it, the, 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 the digital... Uh, balls and strikes should be brought in. So, uh, and then we can assess the other problems with, uh, you know, the bullpen and, and the rotation and uh, the lack of offense and all that sort of thing. Hey, Joe, thanks for the call, man. Hey, look, you're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir with me and the robo. I'm sorry, I agree with you. The technology exists. We see, in, I don't even mean in, in other non-sporting ventures, venues, what have you. If you just, if you just look at sports, the technology exists. I love using the tennis example because you'll see like the replays and the shadow over the ball to within millimeters. Like Joe's saying, it exists out there. So I think that the time for robo-umps has long since passed. I have a feeling like we talk about the rule changes a lot this year, like the ones that are coming for 2023, the, the larger bases, the pitch clock, banning the shift and all those things. I am very curious, by the way, to see how banning the shift will affect the Blue Jays, a team that shifts um, maybe more than any other team in the in the majors. I, th- I believe four-man outfields are also things that the Blue Jays do more than like a hundred times more than the next team, which I actually believe are the Tampa Bay Rays. So I, I'm curious to see what the rule changes will, how they will affect, I should say, the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. But the uh, once those things are added to the game, I got to think that some form of robo-umps are introduced, right? Like in terms of You'll probably never not see um stand behind the plate, but I bet what'll happen is they wear some kind of earpiece, kind of like the, the, the pitchcom device to a certain degree. They wear the earpiece and it just says ball strike. And then, and then that's how, you know, they, they make the call based on that and everything else, like guys, you know, guys going around. I don't know if there's a way to, to use technology for that or something else, but I have a feeling the rest of their job will largely remain the same, but the, the robo umps and calling balls and strikes, I think it's uh 
yeah, the roving strike zone, like Joe says, I'm 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 not here for it anymore. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the rest of your calls. Again, 416-870-0590, triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Five ninety five ninety is the text line. It there are just tons of texts tonight. We will get to as many of them as possible. Bet three six five standings update on the other side as well. But you're listening to Jay's Talk here, show Ali with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay Stock on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you as we discuss this 10-6 loss for the Blue Jays at the hands of the Tampa Bay Rays down at the Trop. Let's quickly get to the Bet365 standings update before we go any further. Uh, the With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals of the money line across many different sports, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. So uh, the Yankees did win tonight. The Mariners lose. The Mariners did lose, or at least I think they were, the game is either over or about to be over. Let's check in on that. Yeah, the game, the Mariners did lose. They lose to the the Royals 5-1, to one, and the uh, Baltimore Orioles win again. So because of all of those finals, here how the wild card race stacks up. So Tampa Bay and Toronto are even, 84-67 and 67 for both of these teams. Both of them one and a half games up on the Seattle Mariners who are 82 and 68 because of the loss. I I guess because the season series tilts towards Tampa, even though they're both 84 and 67 and exact same winning percentage. I, uh, I would imagine that means the Rays are in the number one wildcard spot, Toronto, number two, Seattle, number three. Again, they lose five, one to the, uh, the Kansas city Royals and Baltimore. I, this is just proof that baseball is crazy. Baltimore is now 79 and 71. They're three games out of the final wildcard spot. Now, the Mariners, or pardon me, the Orioles have had a pitcher, a starting pitcher, go into the ninth inning for three straight nights. Yesterday, I believe it was Kyle Bradish. Today, Dean Kramer, nine innings, not a full, complete game shutout. I believe he only had four hits, no runs. I think it was something like six strikeouts. Honestly, wild stuff from the uh, Baltimore Orioles. And again, just proves that baseball is wacky. Aaron Judge did not hit his 61st home run tonight. If you're wondering, he didn't hit it. Uh, much ado about uh, Apple TV. Should Apple TV be the ones to carry the game where Judge hits a 60 for, you know what, didn't matter in the end. So if, you, if that matters to you, then I guess Michael Kay and John Sterling might, might be calling that tomorrow. I, I, I will say, I just, I am not looking forward. I'm not looking forward to having these conversations as of Monday. I kind of just hope Judge crushes two home runs between now and Monday at seven o'clock because I want no part of talking about judge hitting a historic home run out of all places, the Rogers center. I want no part of it. So please judge, get it out of your system on Saturday and Sunday for all hit five home runs between now and then. I really don't care as long as it's not at the Rogers center. Uh, We have some audio from John Schneider. So let's hear it. This is John Schneider speaking to the media after tonight's 10, six loss. You know, you have those games here and there throughout the season. And, you know, it kind of sucks that it's happened, you know, in, in back-to-back games or, or in a handful of games, but I don't think you need to address anything. You know, we touch base with the players constantly, whether it's before, during, or after games. They all know the magnitude of every game that's, you know, going to be played going forward, and, you know, it doesn't get easier. You know, you play these guys twice, and you play New York, Boston, and Baltimore, so it's not and nothing's going to be handed to us, not that we're expecting that it is, and, um, you know, you got to flush it and come in tomorrow and put that same effort forward. That is John Schneider speaking to the media again after tonight's 10-6 loss. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not not much else that he can say again. And, and again, like I said off the top of, of the program tonight, I just, I'm not sure, 
I'm just not sure there's a lot of sweeping conclusions you can say. Like, I'm not ready to say, oh, the Blue Jays are bad after all. And just like when they were beating some of the, you know, not great teams, I'm not sure we were willing to say, oh, the Blue Jays are going to win the World Series. As usual, the truth falls somewhere in the middle. Having said that, there was there were some ugly plays, no doubt, tonight. Like, I see you're on the text line. And again, 590, 590, name and location. We've got a couple minutes to go before we get out of here. But I see one from Christine in Toronto, pitching not great. But Vladdy had a horrible night at the plate, chasing balls way outside. Uh, there was another one here about, oh, here it is. Curtis from Toronto, golden sombrero tonight with four strikeouts for Vladdy. How can he swing like that in his final AB of the night? I get it. It's 99, 100 mile an hour velocity. I definitely couldn't hit that. But why isn't he choking up and at le- or at least showing a little bit of plate discipline? In such an important game, Curtis, Christina, I appreciate the text. I agree with you guys. Not like I'll go back to the sixth inning. Jason Adam comes in, two runners on, two outs. That is that was an ugly AB. That like I've used the word ugly a lot tonight. That was not a good series of swings from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I don't know what has happened to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s pitch recognition because he swung on an 0-2 pitch that was so far out of the zone. It, like, it would be insane last year in 2021 to even think that Vladdy would, would even think of swinging at a pitch like that. It's cra- it actually, honestly, it's crazy to think that Bo might finish the season with a higher OPS than Vladdy when 2022 is all said and done, given how Bo's season had essentially gone right up until the month of September, right? I still think Vladdy generally speaking, is having an okay at best deal. If this is the floor for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I will take it, but yikes, that was that was a, a an absolutely painful AB. Um, I see a number of texts here, and I'm, I'm just going to summarize with one of them here because there's a lot of texts on Bo Bichette. Dunn, this one's from Enzo and Vaughn. Done with Bichette at short, second baseman for next year. And um, someone else had a question about who would be uh, the uh, who'd be the shortstop if uh, Bo is injured? I believe it would with Espinal on the IL. I believe it would be Matt Chapman. I, I'm pretty sure Matt Chapman is the guy who would fill in at shortstop if uh, if Bo were to somehow have to miss time or like, like DH or something like that. I think the shortstop guy would in fact be uh, Matt Chapman, specifically with Espinal on the IL. I mean, would you be shocked to see Biggio be moved around to let's say to third base, Vladdy at first base? Chapman at short if that's if that's what they needed probably not and Chapman is pretty is pretty sure-handed pretty sure-footed um I think so I think you take that I see a, a notice here Our Albert Pujols did crank 699 tonight that's from uh Tony and Kitchener so thanks for that Tony I didn't see that one pretty cool so uh one more to go for Albert Pujols I agree this is from T- Tony also says um that's good I'm more excited about his historic run than judges I agree I I don't I'm not, that's nothing against Aaron Judge Honestly, like as much as, you know, you play for the Yankees, you want to see Yankees do well. No, I get it. You don't. But I honestly do think seeing someone approach monumental history, like Albert, Albert Pujols, that's something that I uh, I would love to see. I'm totally here for that. Uh, Mark in Thorold texts in to say, hate to say this, but as much as Bo is an offensive stud at the plate, his defense is scary. Any ball to hit, hit to him, you don't know if he's going to catch it. When he does catch it, you don't know if he's going to throw it well. Uh, makes a comparison to Tony Fernandez. Bo is not made for shortstop. Eventually, he's going to have to go to second base. Uh, look, for all of the offensive wizardry that... Bo Bichette has shown specifically in the month of September, because boy, he has been on an absolute heater basically all month. Even the, even the, every AB seems relatively competitive for the most part. But uh, I, I tend to generally speaking, agree when it comes to saying, like, I, I do wonder if we do see a new shortstop in maybe not next year. I, at some point, at some point I do from the conversations I've had with people, I, I do tend to think that the blue Jays view Bo Bichette as the shortstop of the future. But like, how does that calculus change? It's, I think it's a, a question they're going to have to ask themselves. How does the calculus change when 
the offseason comes and Trey Turner and Carlos Correa are on the market. Those guys are going to get like astonishing amounts of money, just stupid amounts of cash. They're going to, the guys, those guys are going to get, I know Correa is, a, Correa is under contract, but I believe his contract is structured in a way that he can opt out after every season. And it certainly seems like he's going to opt out after the twins are like probably going to miss the playoffs at this point. I think they're actually almost assuredly going to miss the playoffs. I think they're like 10 games back of the, of the guardians with however many games to go. So Carlos Correa, let's consider him a free agent. Trey Turner, I don't know if he's going to resign with the Dodgers given the, the amount of money they have, they have tied up to guys there. But still, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, like you're telling me that George Springer can't uh, make a quick phone call to his old pal Carlos Correa and say, hey, come play for Toronto. And I mean, that's not to say you're, you're getting rid of Bo Bichette by any means. I just, it's, it's a, con- uh, is it a given? No. Is it a conversation they at least have to explore between now and the end of March of 2023, I, w- I would think so. I would think so. I, having said that, I want to see Bo Bichette on this team for a long time because I do think he is he is so talented at the plate. Maybe you see some things clean up in the offseason with the with the defense, but yeah, I think we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that. But hey, I appreciate the calls and the texts as always. Um, uh, let's see, one more here before we go. Uh, <laughs> I'm laying tonight's loss solely on the blown call in the eighth because, of course, the next batter will get hit. Sick to death of blown calls by human umps. Robo-umps need to be implemented ASAP. And this one's from Tim and Stony Creek. Uh, under the word deflating in the dictionary, CNEJ's game played at Tampa. And then he says Robo-umps could be coming to MLB as soon as 2024. I'm all for that. You guys know I'm all for that. But, hey, we'll have to see if that happens in the uh, next couple of seasons. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball. Served up by the always game-ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans. Rays beat the Jays 10-6. to Tomorrow, Alec Manoa will try and put an end to things at the trough. He heads to the mound for Toronto. Drew Rasmussen will go for the Rays. I have Jays talk tomorrow night one more time. Blair and Barker back on Sunday as usual. Have a great Friday evening, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow.